I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, what do you do when you want to keep the party going? You go Gronk. Ridiculous. Rob Gronkowski is going to play with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay this year. Can you believe it? He comes out of retirement and the Bucks get his rights for a fourth-round pick while receiving a seventh-rounder back from the Patriots. What does Gronk have left? What will he bring to the Bucks? And what does this mean for O.J. Howard? We'll get into all of that. And we've got your mailbag questions as well on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, we've been talking about this uh, for a, a number, it feels like a number of weeks. Maybe it's been days, but it feels longer than that. Um, how... You know, ever since Tom Brady showed up, of course, Rob Gronkowski's been, you know, WWE and, and all that sort of stuff, and he's denied some things. And then recently he did allow that, uh, well, maybe I'm not done playing football. This just seemed like it was going to be inevitable, right? Because you have a guy that uh, didn't play last season. He had a number of injuries, to say the very least. We can go over those in a minute. But um, looks like he's in fairly good shape. Looks like he's lost some weight, as a matter of fact has ties to Tampa. I think his mom lives somewhere along the west coast of Florida. Uh, he had a house in, in South Tampa at one point. He sold for $2 million. He's also a uh, an investor in Roca, which is a real successful Italian restaurant over there near Amateur Works. So why not? Why not get part of the gang back together? And um, so not only is it TB12, it's also Gronk. This is getting... This is getting really surreal, isn't it? It's getting real. I mean, you know, Tommy's putting the the band back together. I mean, if you're Matt Gay, you might want to worry about Steven Goskowski coming here. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's not too far fetched either, because look, I I think you could you know you could see a Julian Edelman situation, and it's it stands to reason. I mean this this was almost guaranteed to happen in the sense that um, you know. If if Gronk wanted to play again, it was going to be with Brady, and you know he has a chance to get away from Bill Belichick. And there was a there was a good tweet you just mentioned to us before we went on the air on the podcast. I think it was Ross um, Tucker, Ross Tucker, who said that you know Robert Gronkowski didn't retire from football; he retired from Bill Belichick, and I think that's true. Um, and so, well, he was he know, was set to be traded two years ago to the Lions, and mm-hmm. he told them, "I'll retire. I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not playing with anyone but Brady." And so they couldn't, right. they couldn't trade him to the Lions. So he was he stayed in New England at that point. That's right. And, you know, you, you get a lot with him. I mean, what you get, good and bad, I mean, right, he's, he's, he is just, you know, Mr. Energy, basically. And one of the best, most accomplished tight ends in the history of football. I mean, the last 15 years, I don't know that there's been anybody that's had bigger games. Obviously, he's won three Super Bowls. Um, makes catches everywhere. I had you know a couple coaches that I had talked to said um, that he's just a monster or master as they call him up there in uh, Boston. We're not calling um, him nice things right he now. Is. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man. What was that? Was that a radio show that I listened to earlier today? Yeah, it was uh, what ninety eight five up there, the big sports station. Another <laughs> afternoon show, man. They had some callers and their host killing Gronk. I mean, thanks, thanks for the memories, guys. I mean, jeez. 
see what happens when you leave Boston. But, uh, yeah, they were brutal um, saying some things I wouldn't even attempt to say on this podcast, and we have a pretty good pretty good leniency <laughs> here. But, um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't quite understand that. I do understand why this makes sense for the Bucks, And even though, as I wrote in the Tampa Bay Times or on TampaBay.com, you know, you, you're getting more than a football player, right? And he's a great one. I mean, you know, he's the other thing that that people probably don't realize is he's only 30 years old. He's going to be 31 next month, I think. And you know, that is not old at all, really, for for some football players. Uh, you no, know, granted, I'll read off his his list of injuries here in a minute, and you'll go, mm, I don't know about this, but you know, he's that beer chugging, knuckle headed bundle of energy that that is going to go into the Bucks locker room, and he's well, you know, he's well accomplished. He's going to have a gold jacket one day. And, you know, he's going to, much like Tom Brady, impress everybody. And I do think that it was inevitable, right, that Tom Brady needed somebody, right, that that knows where he's supposed to be, that knows the offense, that knows what Brady wants. Um, and Brady will know where he is on and off the field. And so, you know, this just makes so much sense, even though when you look at the tight end position now, all of a sudden you say, well, Obviously, Rob Gronkowski is, is tight end number one. Then you have O.J. Howard and Cam Brait and Anthony Eclair and Tanner Hudson. So you have an embarrassment now. Rich is at tight end. How are they going to get them all on the field? And the answer is they're not. They're not going to get them all out there at the same time. But, you know, remember, Gronkowski, in, in the last uh, three years, he missed, he missed about a dozen games, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you, you don't know – whether he can make it through a whole season. Um, we'll see what happens with O.J. Howard. We can get into that in just a minute. But, uh, you know, on the surface, I, I just think I just think this was inevitable. I felt that way for a long time. We've talked about it. Um, you know, there's a big difference between what you know and what you can actually report. But, you know, this, this always made sense. Now, I, I do think that a lot of people probably believe that because the Bucks were shopping O.J. Howard – um, that somehow he would go to the Patriots in exchange for Gronkowski, but that really wouldn't be fair market value for the Bucks because you know you're not going to swap a 30 year old that has one year left on his deal at 10 million dollars um, for a former first round pick who's only in his fourth season that makes virtually no money in comparison, and you could have control of for another year if you wanted to with a fifth year option. Um, that's you know all of about what 20. 25, 26 years old, 25 years old maybe. So I I never thought that just one for one would no. do it. Well, look, you I know. mean, Gronkowski was retired. He only wanted mm-hmm. to play for one team. That's right. It's what Mar- Marshawn Lynch did a couple years ago. And That's right. I think, you know, they swapped like a fourth and a fifth rounder or a fourth and six, something like that. I mean, it, you know, when there's only one destination to go to and the guy's like, either trade me there or I'm done, I'm not playing. You don't have right. any leverage. You have there was no, no way it was going to be O.J. Howard for Gronk straight up. No way. And he and he proved that he wasn't playing. That when he says he's not playing, he didn't play. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went. He didn't. He sat out a year. So um, he was done playing for the New England Patriots, no matter what. Yeah, and I believe that New England got some salary cap relief out of this, so they I think benefited so too, even. Yeah. That's more important than the fourth round pick, which the Bucks oh, had absolutely. two fourth round picks as well. So. It's yeah. not like and they, this was they the lost com- a this was the com- right. This was the compensatory pick, by the way, that they had picked up. I think for Quan Alexander a year ago, um, uh, uh, you know, because they lost more free agents than they gained, obviously. So I, I do think that 
Um, you know, it was, it's a fair deal, obviously. They, I mean, look, you got a seventh rounder back. You didn't have one. You had two fourth rounders. You gave that up. Um, again, we've talked about how this organization with Tom Brady um, has to be all in for right now and right now only. And, you know, of course, we're all sitting here hoping, you know, praying there'll be NFL football to some degree, whether fans will be involved or not. But my goodness, if there was ever a year where Bucks fans could really enjoy going to games, right, and filling up that stadium, it would be now with Gronkowski and Brady and, and you know, obviously Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cam Brady. I mean, you really do have a, a lot of, of uh, you know, fairly established targets out there that, that he can throw to now in addition to Ronald Jones, and then what they're going to get in the draft with respect to a running back that can play three downs. It's going to be a very potent offense. You don't know if everybody stays healthy, and the key, of course, is, is Brady himself. Um, you know, and, and look, these guys are old. I mean, they're at the end of their careers. They're not, they're not in, the, in the midst of their you know, run of Super Bowls, but um, I, I do think that it's, you know, it, it, it's made the Buccaneers relevant in a way that is not just a bunch of names – but a bunch of names who people think can still play. And that starts with Brady, obviously. So I think I think they have nothing to lose here. Now, the question is going to remain what happens with OJ Howard. Are they are do they have too many tight ends? Are they gonna to have to deal one of these guys? And the answer is I don't think they will unless unless they get blown away. Now, you know, again, what does that mean? Well, you know, have they shopped them? Probably. I mean, what happens with these conversations is these teams call and, and they're moving around in the draft and they're trying to get up and they're trying to get down. And so you end up having talks like, okay, what players what players would you consider that might be available? In other words, there's some guys that you're not negotiating, right? Mike, Mike Evans is not on the table, okay? You can ask about him. You can ask about Chris Godwin. Not going to deal him, okay? So they get to, to get to O.J. Howard. Well, tell me, tell me what, what, what you had in mind. And and that's sort of how it goes, right? So as soon as a guy's name gets out there, and this happened last October, it's like, oh, the Bucks want to trade O.J. Howard. Well, for the right price, yes, but not just giving him away. Because, you know, in a system that you have um, salary caps and you have an allocation system, guys that are still under their rookie contracts are bargains, right? They're not making any money. Um, Gronkowski's probably going to make, you know, $7 million more than O.J. Howard will. So – you know, from that standpoint, they're still a bargain. They still are on the upside of their career. I mean, OJ's played three years. And then also you consider this, that what will Gronkowski do for OJ Howard? You know, how much could he potentially help him, mm-hmm. much like Brady would help a younger quarterback in understanding the game? And the thing about OJ, I had this argument with these people, and we talked about him on the last podcast as well. Look, he's a good guy. He's a good kid. His hands aren't terrific. He hasn't been as productive last year, certainly, than he needed to be. But, but the two years prior to that, he had 11 touchdowns and 21 starts, which is, isn't bad for a tight end. Um, what, he, what he lacks are, is instincts, quite frankly. I mean, he just, you know, things happen fast out there when, when you're uh, trying to read defenses. And it looks like it's single high, and then at the snap, the guy rotates back into cover two. And you've got to see it. You've almost got to be instinctual and feel it in some instances, you know. Um, and, and Howard has struggled with that side of the game. You know, he's, he was always a great athlete. He was always a guy that could, could win with, you know, the right matchups. He still can. Um, but you know, in the NFL, you have to read and react sometimes. And, 
in football, even though you know he played baseball, he did other things in in high school, and and I know, you know, Nick Saban had him mostly as an inline blocker, primarily for Alabama. I mean, they did use him in the passing game, but not nearly as much as you would think, or as they probably should have. He was, you know, an MVP of a, of a bowl game that everybody remembers in the national championship. But that's you know that that's neither here nor there. OJ Howard's still a developing player, so I think what's what's going to happen is if someone blows him away. Yeah, they'll consider trading him, but it have to. I think it'd have to be at least a second round pick, and even then, I'm skeptical as to why they would want it. Would they use it right away on something else? Um, but failing that, I think they're happy to use both OJ and Gronk in 12 personnel, which Brady thrived with. If you can remember back in um, the year mm-hmm. that they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, was one of his best seasons ever, and so well, and that's the biggest part of this. If anyone yeah. doesn't think Bruce Arians is going to change his offense for Tom Brady, yeah, what's happening? This now? proves it. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. I mean, you know, anyone in who fact, thought, well, no, to... you know, Tom doesn't fit in the no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> yeah, it's, the it's offense really is going funny. to look different. Yeah, it's really funny because it's like uh, all of a sudden the narrative out of one buck place. I can just tell you is, oh, when you know when Bruce was there in Indianapolis and they had a couple of young tight ends, they really liked those guys and they they got them on the field together a lot. It's like. I don't remember Bruce Arians, you know, he, he was, first of all, he was, you know, at that point he went from offense coordinator to interim head coach. But even before that, when he was with Peyton Manning, like he was quarterback. So it's like, well, I'm trying to think, well, what are we talking about? I'd have to go back and look, but I don't, Bruce Arians' offense is not known for throwing the football to the tight end. Tom Brady's offense with Bruce Arians terminology. And Pitts, Pittsburgh likes known. the tight end. Pittsburgh does. I mean, yeah. Ro- Roethlisberger's yeah. always thrown to tight ends and. Right. And I mean, so, you know, again, it's collaborative, right? That's mm-hmm. the word you heard when they got Tom Brady. And what collaborative means is it's any damn thing Tom Brady wants to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest here. Okay. You can call spider two Y banana and maybe he calls it something else. Right. But whatever Tom Brady wants to run under your, under your sort of, you know, terminology, they're going to run. Tom Brady is in all, in all, you know, intensive purposes running this franchise, you know, and they're not going to draft a guy that he can't use. That isn't going to make him better. Um, he's, he's already made it clear on the Howard Stern show. He doesn't throw the ball to people he doesn't trust. So you can play him if you want to. Thus Gronk but, but is here. That's and uh, yeah. And Gronk's here. And so this is the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, it, it really is. There, there's no joke about that. Like, you know, last year it was Bruce Arians got the power, right? Because he, you know, they got him out of retirement, and Jason Light did a good job with that, and he got all his coaches, and he was going to save Jameis Winston, right? Well, Jameis couldn't be saved, all right. So Light was trying to improve the quarterback position through Bruce Arians. Well, guess what? Turns out he did. Only it was a year later because Brady comes because Arians is here, and because you know there's some good pieces around him. But now, now Tom Brady has the power, <laughs> so. Uh, and Brady's only going to be here a couple of years, and they're fine with that, by the way. Like, this is not – look, there was, a, there, there, there was a point that you can't divide that somewhere Brady began and Belichick ended, right, in New England. I mean, that's the whole thing, you know, where – who was responsible and how much credit does this one – it didn't matter because, you know, one couldn't do the other one's job. That's sort of what you got here in Tampa Bay. I mean, Brady is going to be so important, and you can already see his influence um, on personnel. I mean, he just brought in – Gronkowski, and I don't think they could have told him no. I don't. I can't imagine a scenario where they'd have said, "But we already have too many tight ends," you know, which is true. 
So he's going to get his way, and he's going to get his players. And it would not shock me if we saw Edelman or we saw another Patriot come in here at some point. Um, that's just the way it is in football, and it's the way it is you know, in most a, jobs. I mean, it's a, yeah, you know, people exactly. bring in You're people the they know and like. And who are you, and who are you paying? And who's bringing? In, who's selling the tickets? I mean, that's what right? Bruce did I mean, with his whole coaching staff here. Absolutely, he got the band right. back together. He brought them all back. So easy when you do it that way. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of fired up. I mean, reading about this guy, obviously I covered him, you know, throughout his career in the league and stuff, and I did all those Super Bowls. And I can tell you this, he's a big game guy. I mean, the bigger the game, the better he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, make, he makes huge plays. You can go back to Super Bowls. You can, um, you know, you can look at the last four years, even though he missed some games. But you're also, you're also getting his family. His family's crazy. <laughs> crazy <laughs> funny. But, like, his father, Gordy, is, is just – Great nuts, and he's got all these brothers, right? And they used to beat the hell out of each other in the in the at their homes and stuff. You know, uh, uh, the oldest the oldest son Gordy is thirty seven. He's a, he was a former first baseman in the Angels farm system. Look at this for success. In addition to Gronkowski, you guys, brother Dan played at Maryland and was drafted in the seventh round by the Lions. Played for the Patriots, Broncos, and the Browns. You got Chris, who was at Arizona as a fullback for years, and he played for the Chargers, the Cowboys, and the Colts. And the Broncos, and then um, he's got another brother, I believe, that uh, is twenty-seven that played at Kansas State, and he was uh, he played for the Bills and the Patriots. So there's there's a lot a lot of Gronks, you know. And so if you're able to get to Raymond James Stadium this season, and they let you go to the games and tailgate or whatever, um, you might want to try to find their tailgate and then call an Uber because <laughs> you guys are going to need it. They they absolutely know how to party. I mean, these guys. They're they're nuts and um and it, but but in a fun way and I think that's the sort of yeah you know, some people told me today with the organization they're like you know what like this dude if Brady was with Brady was a ten what is this signing a six a seven in other words how, how much juice does he bring to the Buccaneers you know what I mean how much how much relevance how much uh, different you know how different are the Bucks now. Than when Jameis Winston walked off the podium telling us to check his sheet, you know what I mean? Like it's a different feel now in that locker room. There's a different uh, set, a different standard that's walking. You got guys, you know, three Super Bowl rings for Gronk, uh, you know, six per Tom. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a it's a different deal. And so, I think that's what they were looking for. I think they were looking to to go for it. I think they're looking to change the culture. I think they're looking to leave the place better when those guys are gone. Um, for having been there, and you know, we'll see. I mean, w- worst case scenario, you still got, uh, for now at least, the tight ends that you plan on starting the season with, and they they seem to be happy with that, and Brady seemed to be happy with that. So, but now now he's got his guy, and um, what he's got to watch out for is you know, can he can he stay healthy, and and that's the thing. I mean, just some of the injuries that this guy's had. I was going through mm-hmm. it's like a medical journal. The dude had uh, a forearm fracture. We remember that. He had a back fracture. I think he had a couple of them, actually. On one play in his career, he tore his ACL and his MCL um, on the same play. He's had hamstring pulls. How about this? A chest lung bruise. That doesn't sound good. That Ouch. sounds horrible. Ouch. Yeah, right? What happened? I bruised my lung. What? Um, a herniated disc and then a ton of concussions. And that's just the the injuries we know that happened on the field. What he does... What he does in his personal life is even even crazier, right? Um, so, 
you know, and he has been wrestling. There is the WWE thing, so I'm sure he's taking a few, you know, few hits to the noggin there. But it, it really is a, uh, you know, just crazy, insane, a lot of fun. Everything, everything Gronk's going to bring to them, I think that they could use. And uh, I, again, you preface it, you know, we can't have nice things, so we have to sit here and wonder if there's going to be football. And, and what a shame, by the way, if for somehow some reason it doesn't look good, but if for some reason fans can't actually go and cheer like hell for these guys, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's just, boy, what a year to be uncertain about selling tickets. You think they'd have any trouble selling out that stadium now? No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all is right. Uh, that is the correct answer. So pretty interesting stuff, man. We live in we live in interesting times. We're probably going to have a chance to talk to Gronkowski, uh, the media will anyway, on a Zoom in the next few days. And, of course, oh, yeah, the draft is, you know, just a day away, um, you know, on Thursday. And, We'll be following that. Obviously, the Bucks set to pick 14, probably between probably around 9:30, 9:40, somewhere in there. Uh, and then we'll have a chance to to talk to whoever their first round pick is. And Jason Light and BA probably hop on from their uh, you know virtual draft room uh, in their own homes or whatnot. And uh, you know, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting week. And it's already started off. Uh, pretty wild. So I know we got uh, mailbag questions, so I'm happy to try to answer a few of those before we get out of here. Well, let's ask. We'll start with this. Do you think that going after Gronk was a condition if Brady came here? And does the fact that Gronk wanted to come back but not play in New England say anything about the Patriots? Yeah, I think I, uh, the second one first, I think it says he didn't want to play for Bill Belichick um, at this point. Now, I don't know that I don't think that he has anything personal against Belichick, but I do think that you know that's one that for 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 the number of years that he played, I think he came out in 2010. You know he he's been through a lot, and Belichick's not the easiest guy to play for. And I'm not saying BA is easy because BA will hold you accountable and yell and scream as much as anybody. But I just think he I think like Brady, if he was going to play, he wanted to have fun, and I don't know that he was having much fun up there. I think that's probably true of a lot of players. Um, winning is fun, and they won a lot, but they paid an awful price for it. And, you know, some guys like to experience the other side of the NFL when they get the chance, and this is his chance. He was only going to play with Tom Brady. He didn't think he wanted to play with him anymore in New England because of Belichick, because of his injuries, because of various things. And now he gets the opportunity to do it in a place that he loves to, to visit, loves to stay, um, warm weather, you know, all those things that, um, you know, so many players retire here for, for a reason, no state income tax, all that. Uh, and so why not? Why not, you know, get, as you said, get part of the band back together again? What was the second part of that question? Uh, do you think no, it was a condition? Do you think it was a condition of Brady coming here that they would trade for Gronk? I don't. Um, I, I think Brady, you know, wanted this. He said on Howard Stern's show that he decided a year ago that, that would be his last year in New England. So he was already looking for a home. And he was already had decided without a contract for 2020 there that he would not be playing with the Patriots anymore. And that's, in fact, what happened. And so when he looked at his options and he looked at the teams and, and geography played a role in this, obviously, with his son in New York, uh, he looked at the coaches, which was very important to him, and he knew that, you know, B.A. had had, you know, Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Carson Palmer and all these guys. Uh, and then he saw the talent on offense, particularly the receiver position. I think that's why he came. I, I don't. 
I don't think Brady makes a decision with ultimatums uh, as far as, um, you know, outcome, but you have to sign this guy. I don't really think he was in that position. Now, you know, did he suggest it? Yeah. And did they think it was probably a good idea to help make him happy? Probably. I mean, condition? I don't know if it was a condition. Um, I'll have to research that and see how the conversation went. It could have been, hey, you know, uh, I think Gronkowski wants to play again if you guys want to look into that, you know. It could have been one of those. Or it could have been Gronkowski going to Rosenhaus, his agent, and saying, get me back in the game. I want to play only in Tampa. See if you can make that work. And so the representative of Gronkowski could have, could have let the Bucks know that early on. I think the Bucks have known ever since Brady signed. I, I think it's been almost that immediate that Gronk was interested, Gronk wanted to play here, and let's see if we can make this happen. And that's what they've been working for all this time, and it came together – just a couple of days before the draft. But a condition like Brady wasn't going to play here or Brady wasn't going to retire unless he had Gronk, no, I don't think it was that far. All right, Bill asks, does this mean Gronkowski has to give up his WWE 24-7 championship? I don't know. Are you are you a fan of the WWE? I thought I saw where the WWE might have actually uh, tweeted a, a congratulations, but within that. Well, they're I'm laying off sure people, that... so maybe it just saves them some money. They don't have to pay him anymore. I don't know. That's true. Maybe it brings back a wrestler, right? You know, I, I, I haven't watched the WWE in years. I mean, I did when I was younger, but. I don't either. Let me see if I can, uh, as we're doing this, I'm trying to, like, play with my phone here a little bit. Here we go. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is still the WWE 24-7 champ. So he retains that title. But i got to imagine so... the Bucks don't want him wrestling. I, I think I wonder if he you know no <laughs> yeah that's probably true right <laughs> I mean that's that's the uh, bigger thing is I'm, I'm sure the Bucks are like you know yeah we'll trade for you but you're done wrestling we don't want you hurt I guess the question is does he need to give up does he need to get up give it up the belt so to speak in order to play football you know what I mean like yeah. that belt would, was vacated I, I would imagine I I, I I would assume that's what happens but but I don't know maybe somebody can uh, call in and answer that question for us. There you and go. Yeah. We'll, we'll give them the mailbag, and then you can answer it because yeah. I'm, I'm just not a, a, a enough up on the uh, the WWE, but it is cool that that he won that thing the twenty four seven at the WrestleMania that should have been here in Tampa. That's right. So, That's we had lots of questions right. asking about OJ Howard, which we already addressed. As far as you know, yep. Ellis and Scott had asked, if, you know, they're going to keep three tight ends and what's Howard's status. But Les had asked if OJ Howard does get traded. Does this qualify as another first-round bust for this team? That would be three first-round picks since 2015 not on the team. It would be O.J. Howard, Vernon Hargraves, and Jameis Winston. So is that on Jason Light? Um, Yeah. He's the guy that picked them, so I think that part's easy. As far as bust goes, I think we, we, we kind of took this separate and individual, I guess, at some point. But I'll start with, with Jameis Winston. I, I don't think you labeled... Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston as a bust per se. Now, did you get what you wanted from him? No. Um, you drafted him one overall. You hoped he was your franchise quarterback. And for a team that never signed any of their quarterbacks to a second contract, he didn't get there, right? He played five years, though. And in those five years, you know, he made a Pro Bowl. He won a passing title. Set um, most of the records. He leaves with, with damn near every every passing record in franchise history in just five years. And... And he had one winning season where he was nine and seven, did make the playoffs. So, 
he wasn't a to me a bust is a guy that you know after two years you shelving him you don't want him to be your starter anymore, um, you know that that sort of thing. So I don't look at Jameis that way. As far as Hargraves, absolutely, Hargraves. It's not his fault. He was overdrafted. You know, Vernon Hargraves should not have been a high first round pick like he was. That's on the team. That's not on Vernon. Um, we'll see how much longer his career will go. I don't know that it's going to go very long. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, O.J. Howard, look, it hasn't been written yet, you know, but if you're, you're giving me a hypothetical and saying if he moves on, is he a bust? Well, it wasn't like he was picked. He was picked in the first round, but he was 16th overall. I mean, and typically, look, the bust rate for the first round is about 50%, right? There's 32 picks, and about half of them are really going to have decent careers. And even that varies within that subset. But, you know, you, you picked him 16th. Could he have been more productive? Yes. Uh, did he do nothing? No. Uh, was injury a part of it? Absolutely. And, you know, finance, then it gets to finances, right? It gets to, yeah, well, maybe Howard didn't fulfill everything he wanted, but look at this Chris Godwin. We want to sign him to an extension. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, yeah, well, we got Shaq Barrett, and we want to give him uh, a franchise tag, and we didn't see that coming. Um, you know, so – it's an allocation system. And and the other thing is the coaching. I mean, they changed coaches. And they, they went to a guy in B.A. who just does not feature the tight end in the passing game. He just doesn't, right? He'll get three wide receivers out there all the time, all day long, um, and five eligible. But the tight end is not, you know, one, two, or three option. So the targets are going to be down. I think I saw where, you know, O.J., Howard last year had the 27th most targets among tight ends in the league. I mean, really? You got a guy that's 6'5", 252 pounds, runs a 4'5", 240, and you only target him, you know, 26 other tight ends got more more balls thrown their way? How is that possible, right? Is he just the, guy, the worst route runner on earth, the worst hands on earth? Or did your offense really not provide him with many opportunities? I tend to think it's the latter, but... Regardless, I mean that you know OJ does have things to work on. Like I said, he's not instinctive, um, and I'm not ready to call him a bust until I know he's out of here. Because I, I've seen guys flip it. You know, he showed flashes. He showed some ability. Like I said, you know, 11 touchdowns in 21 games. I'm not ready to say that you know this guy is not going to be a good football player or worthy of, again, what was the I believe the 16th overall point pick at the time. All right, we got a couple questions on how Gronk, Gronk affects the draft. Les asked, with Gronkowski coming to Tampa Bay, no way they take a receiver in round one, right? And Buck North asked, does Gronk coming change the draft strategy at all for the Buccaneers? I wouldn't say there's no way they take a receiver. I mean, we, I think me and Eduardo talked about this a, a little bit. And you, uh, Trevor, I know, you and Trevor talked about it last Friday. Me and Trevor talked about it, yeah. Yeah, for sure we did. And I think I'm going to talk to Ed about it on Thursday's podcast, but... Uh, I think what it amounts to is, you know, their focus is going to be at, at, at tackle, I believe. If, if they get shut out of that, if they can't move up and they, they get to, you know, number 11 and there's the top four or five guys, whatever they have on the board is, is not worthy of that pick or isn't there, then I think, you know, uh, certainly running back's a need, but it's probably too high for any of those guys at, at 14. Now you're looking at maybe a defensive tackle as a position, but pretty quickly there, um, you're going to get to wide receiver. And no, to answer your question, I don't think it changes 
that. I, in other words, having another target, um, you know, is is one thing, but he's a tight end, and you know, you're still going to have formations unless you're in twelve personnel all the time. You're still going to have formations where you have three wide and one tight end, or three wide and two backs, or whatever. And so, you're going to get that third receiver on the field, and you know, look, the it would only make them stronger if they had somebody that could fly, if they had someone that could absolutely stretch the field because as freakish as Mike Evans is and as good as Chris Godwin is, they can put a safety over the top of Evans and, you know, and Godwin is not going to run you a four four forty. So, you know, can he get vertical? Yes. Um, is, is that what he does best? No. So I think that, you know, I think there's room for a wide receiver if you want to go that way. Um, and, and, and Gronk, you know, again, he's got a one-year deal. Like, he doesn't have what Brady has, which is a two-year deal. This might be just be one and done, you know, just as a flyer. Take a flyer on him, see if he improves your team, see if he improves your, your room in the tight end room. Um, so from from a strategy standpoint, I still think they're going to look for the tackle. Um, after that, I, if, wide, if it comes down to wide receiver as the second or third best option, they'll take the best player. And you could justify the receiver. You really could because Mike Evans is, you know, starting to uh, get up there in age. They want to extend Chris Godwin. Um, who knows what two, three, four years looks like down the road. And if you had a guy that could really play and you could break him in slowly as the third receiver, it might make sense. So I wouldn't take it off the board just yet. Michael asked, would the Bucks consider drafting a quarterback knowing that he most likely would get zero offseason reps? Yeah, they would. It depends on the quarterback, though. I mean, what you're not going to do is take a guy that would benefit from playing right away and probably should play right away or somebody that you would use a high pick on, like in the second round or um, the late first or what have you, and then and then just sit him behind Brady for two years just because you know you're never going to get him on the field. I don't think you do that. I do think, however, um, if there's a developmental guy, in other words, a guy that maybe isn't as highly rated right now, um, that you are comfortable with his skill set and you hope he's going to – you like his upside. I mean, like you really genuinely think that he can become something with a little bit of experience and um, obviously he's going to benefit from a Tom Brady in front of him. If that guy is available at some point and, you know, whether that's probably the fourth or preferably the fifth or sixth round, you need a young guy because, you know – Right now, they don't have that developmental quarterback. And, and if there's one thing we know, it's that the Tom Brady's not going to be here very long. So a guy like James Morgan, if he doesn't move up too high from Florida International with a big arm and great intangibles and things like that, can do sort of the, make the kind of throws that Brady can make from the pocket. Not a scramble guy, but would, would fit sort of what you're trying to do now. That would be the type of guy that, that I would think the Bucks would have an interest in. So... Um, I don't I don't think it precludes them from drafting a quarterback. I just don't know. I think it depends on where, even though he's not going to play. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. 
Jeff asked, It seems everyone is on board with the Bucks going all in on the draft, including future picks, etc. Can we talk about how we could be setting ourselves up for another decade plus of seller-dwelling, non-nice things? Or, it, or not? Is it worth it for just a playoff appearance, a Super Bowl appearance? Perhaps the team is young enough, unlike the previous run in 02 and 03. How is this different? How are they going to keep on top after Tom Brady makes his prompt exit in two to three years? A lot to unpack in this one, I know. Choose one or all of it. Well, I'll just ramble on like the questioner. Uh, I, I think I think in general that, you know, this is it worth it? If you win a Super Bowl, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to a Super Bowl, probably yes. If you win the division a couple times, probably yes. Remember, the bar's not really high here, folks. Let's let's not get over our skis too much, okay? You're talking about a franchise that has about a three seven six winning percentage all time, okay? So they're damn near losing seven out of every ten games they've ever played, okay? Doesn't matter who's the quarterback, doesn't matter who's the GM, doesn't matter who the coach is, period, okay? They're losing. That's what they have done here is lose. And so winning is like Nick Lelouch would say, so much better than losing. Um that if the hope of winning and, and the actual, not just hope, but the actual transference into wins and, and being a contender, hell yes, it's worth it. I do. I believe that. Now, am I going to give up this year's number one, next year's number one, this year's number two, next year's number two? This Am I going to do the John Gruden trade um, to try to get players in here You know that will bankrupt me for the next four or five years? I don't think it's ten years, but you could set yourself back a number of years. Absolutely. But, you know, we've just documented, for example, um, you know, Vernon, you just had the question, Vernon Hargraves, uh, Jameis Winston, and O.J. Howard. Okay. So if you didn't have any of those guys, but you went to a couple of playoffs, you okay with that? You know, if you're not going to draft well, maybe it's better to take the known against the unknown, you know? I mean, everybody wants to, to, to draft well, but the fact of the matter is the draft is not foolproof. Um, Tom Brady, you know what you're getting, albeit a 43-year-old. So I think I think winning is the goal here, you know, and more than that, winning a Super Bowl. Can you win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady? Yeah. You know, does, you know, he's never tried to do it without Belichick. He's never done it at 43. And and so all those things are important, but the idea is to win. I I like the, you know, Tony Dungy had the theory and I like it. And I think it's I think it's right that you want to build a program or a team that every single year you can have sustainable success. In other words, you're going to be good for 10 years. I think the Lightning have done this. You know, the Lightning have have been remarkable at drafting and developing players that when some of the older guys that start making a lot of money move out, they got younger guys that are, in many instances, better. They're certainly cheaper, and and they're ready to play, and they're ready to play well. Um, that's that's what you want, right? You want to draft and develop guys, but not every team, especially the Bucks of late, have not been that great at doing that. So, what what are you left with, you know? And i I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna do it to the extent that, like I said, that you you're not gonna have any number ones for the next three years. But you know they're going for it. So I mean, if you're all in, you're all in, right? I mean, it's just like. I can't play this hand unless all my chips are on the middle of the table, and I've decided I'm going all in. So, what the hell, you know? I, it, you're going to either win or you're going to lose big, but you've been losing. 
You've been losing anyway. That's the whole key to this thing. Like, you've tried everything. You've tried to draft guys, number one, and develop Jameis Winston and do all these things. And you've got some nice pieces here. And, you know, you're going for it. So I'm I'm with it. If I was a Bucks fan especially, I would be somebody that would be like, you know what, good for, good for Tampa Bay. They're going to try to play and be relevant in the National Football League, which is the fun for the fans, right? You want a team that people talk about, you got it. You want a team that has a chance of winning division, you got it. You want a team that could be the first to go to a Super Bowl in its own city, yeah, you may have that too. we got a couple questions. Brian asks, do you think if sports comes back in the near future, is it a foregone conclusion Tampa will win the World Series and or Stanley Cup? It would make sense since the fans would not be able to see the majority of games in person and we wouldn't be able to have parades as well as White House visits. It seems to be setting up for it to be our year. Joseph then asked, the most Tampa thing in the world would be for all this to come together, a great draft, and then the season gets COVID. Can Tampa have nice things? I believe we've established that we can't have nice things. <laughs> and and I'm, until it's, until proven otherwise, folks, that's, I'm gonna, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. We can't have nice things. I mean, what are the chances that you go back through history even and you say, what was these similar moments, right, of, of Tampa Bay sports, okay? Um, 2004, Stanley Cup Championship. First world championship, right, won by a Tampa Bay team outside of the Rowdies perhaps. Um, so oh, what The Bucks happens? won first. Well, the Bucks won first. Okay. Yeah, so, Bucks were oh, 0-2. Excuse me. Yep. Yeah, that was 0-2. Okay, well, let's start there. Let's start with, let's start with the Bucks in 0-2. Lightning strikes. Dungy's here, builds the team. They trade for John Gruden. Unbelievable run. Mostly a defensive team, but yet Brooks is player of the year. He challenges him to get nine touchdowns on defense. They do it. Um, not only that, they play San Francisco. They wax them in the playoffs. He gets his Raiders team. He beats the Raiders. I mean, it's storybook. Bon Jovi's playing. The confetti's coming down. Everything's great, right? And yet, it was sort of an older team, right? A lot of veterans were getting up there in age on defense in particular. They had a bunch of injuries the next year. Allstott and, and Jervis just collided on one play and knocked each other out. Um, and it fell apart It fell apart really quickly. But even before that happened, they had a chance to go to the White House. And I think there was a war, a Gulf War, something, something broke out. or I can't remember what it was. Um, but there was a reason why they weren't, they weren't allowed to go because it was some conflict uh, around the globe, and the president didn't meet with them. And then I'll never forget this. We're at the owners' meetings in Arizona. Now, now, surely when you win a Super Bowl, you get the host, you get to be the first game at home the next year, right? I mean, there's no – every team is afforded that. Every Super Bowl champion is going to open that week one, probably on Thursday night, but at least by Sunday. That week one is going to be at their home. They're going to pull down – they're going to pull up the banner, the World Championship banner, what have you, and walk out there with the trophy, and they're going to kick – nope, not for the Bucks. I'll never forget running into Gruden in Arizona, and it's about as mad. I mean, John is miserable a lot anyway, but it was about as mad as I've ever seen him. And they only announced a couple games on the schedule because the full schedule hadn't come out yet, but these were the big marquee week one games, and the Bucks were at Philadelphia. And they just, they just they closed the vet, they tore it down, and they built the link, and they made them go back to Philadelphia to open the damn link. And – I mean, Gruden was like, yeah, be kidding me, man, right? They're the only world champ. Let me get this straight. We win a world championship, and we got to start on the road. We can't even play at home. Are you kidding me? Yeah, your mind. He was so mad. He was just like, what the hell? 
And then, you know, and then they didn't go to the White House and then it fell off. Okay, now let's go to 2004. Okay, Stanley Cup, right? Unbelievable run. They win the stand. The Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. Marty St. Louis, game six, right? The great overtime. I mean, all that. And then not only do they not go to the White House, right? They didn't get to go either. Am I correct in that? No, they didn't because there was no and season. They canceled the whole damn season. Are you kidding me? We went, They win a Stanley Cup, and oh, by the way, not for nothing, they had a team that was capable of winning the next year too. And by the time they reconvened two years later, Javi Bullen was somewhere else. A bunch of guys were somewhere mm-hmm. else. They had salary cap issues, and they canceled the damn season. How do, That doesn't happen when Montreal wins. That doesn't happen when Detroit or Pittsburgh or, you know, those Washington, those teams win. They don't cancel seasons. They don't have labor strikes. It only happens when Tampa wins. Okay? So, yeah, I get it. You know, I, I don't. I don't know that we. I don't know that you got to prove it to me. Can you have nice things? I mean, they got two world titles. You know, um, the Rays went to a World Series in, in 08. They didn't get back there. So, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe we're just cursed that way. Maybe we're we're you know maybe this is the big the the biggest one. This is the big one, Bertha. This is the one that that you know the hundred year. You know, pandemic that uh, you know unfortunately. Uh, you know, in addition to a, a national tragedy and economically and everything else that supersedes sports altogether, um, locally you have Tom Brady, you have Gronkowski, you have, you know, uh, all these people that want to go to Tampa, uh, Raymond James Stadium and see their Tampa Bay Bucks play, and they may not be able to. They may have to watch it at home on TV at best. And that's, that's, that's the rosy view at this point. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, again – as my friend John Gruden would say, I'm going to live in my hopes and not my fears. You know what I mean? That's what I'm going to do. So, Well, Craig asked, how do you think this shutdown will affect the stadium situation for Stu Sternberg and the Rays? Cities are crippled financially. I don't, I don't know. Uh, can't be good. Canada's gone through it. You know, who's going to build a, a stadium in Montreal? I don't know that the city's going to have any money. Well, here's They're one thing. They have an awful lot of needs. The stadiums might become cheaper. Because you may be building them smaller, not for as many people. I would agree with that. I mean, you know, you, Texas. Although is, that was Texas kind of the plan anyway, right? This year. Well, yeah, but you know, as it, far it, as Sternberg it, went, it's possible this could completely change the way sports. Oh, are I think it's going to change the way person. sports are viewed. Absolutely. You know, you've got the you know the the Rams and and Chargers opening a new stadium. Texas is opening a new baseball stadium this year. Raiders, yeah, um, yeah, the Raiders as well, but. You know, it, it may change completely how you think of stadiums. And I think the next generation of stadiums, Steve, are going to be exactly as, as you're kind of describing. I think they're going to be studios. I think they're going to be, and I'm sorry about this, but I think they're going to be for the nouveau rich. I think it's going to be you're going to sit up there, and if you can afford a club seat, if you can afford to sit in the amenities um, and spread out and have common areas – with not as many people as you have the common areas with general fans like we see in the end zones at Raymond James, I think these stadiums are going to get smaller. I think they're going to be spaced more apart. I think there's going to be windows uh, and doors between fans. So if you want your group, you can be in that sky suite or that section or what have you. Um, you know, it's, it's, the world is going to change, much like, much like air travel changed, you know. Um, used to be, 
you didn't have to take off your shoes and go through the x-ray and you could carry on whatever you wanted and um they didn't charge you to sit anywhere but a middle seat and you know all that stuff that we that we just kind of accept almost as the norm well there's going to be a lot of new norms going forward and one of them is going to be that you know people are going to be a little freaked out about sitting on top of each other and about pandemics and things like this we're going to be we're going to be rethinking everything and you know i could see i could see the next generation of stadiums being more intimate um and you know tv is is sort of you know the big financier anyway now i here's where it breaks down I don't know how you do that in college football. Like, I, 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 mean, I mean, you could, you know, but the big house still feels like the big house to me. I still think you can get 100,000 people in, in, at, Ohio, at, in Michigan. I still think you can get 95 at, at Florida. Um, so I'm, I'm not as confident that since so much of their revenue is ticket revenue and not television, it sort of flips. It's like 85% tickets. I don't know how that works for, for collegiate sports. But well, for pro sports... Absolutely. And that's going to be the bigger question with colleges is if there is no college football this season. Yeah. We've already seen a couple programs. Cincinnati has gotten rid of their men's soccer program mm-hmm. because of coronavirus and budgets right. and that. Uh, we've seen Boise State is furloughing all their coaches. That's um, right. For anywhere from 10 days to more, depending on how much mm-hmm. money you make. Um, yep. If there's no college football this year, how athletics at colleges are going to completely change. Um, in, including possibly the the in-game experience and, and the way that's done. I mean, it's, you know, college football pays all the bills for all the other sports in, in college. It does. And if there is no college football, which, you know, a lot of big athletic directors have already said, if there's no students on campus, we're not bringing the players back either. If it's not no. safe for the students, it's not safe for the athletes. And they're students Agreed. after all, too. So I agree. Um, I, I, think, I think there's a real chance there is no college football this year. I w- I'd be willing to bet that there's not, and if there is, and I don't know that they'll do this, but it'll be in the spring if they play it at all. Well, because the other part of that is, is there may be some states that could have college football and everything's fine, but there's going to be some states that aren't going to allow 50, That's 60, right. 70,000 people to gather in places. That's correct. You know, I mean, you know, you're the Pac-12. California's already pretty much said, yeah, it's not going to be until 2021. That's right. You know, and the NFL's got to deal with that issue, too, with the teams there. They absolutely do. Uh, and, and there are other states, too. I mean, New York City, who knows what that's going to look like coming through this and, and others. And, you know, you've got NFL teams there. You don't have college there as much. But Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I could be wrong in their back. I mean, I don't know that they're playing basketball in Wuhan today. You know, <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I don't know, you know. And so it, 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 it's scary. And I, I think. I also think that fans' habits are going to change. I think there's going to be a lot of scar tissue here. You know, and some people, I mean, obviously, if you get a vaccine and, and you know, the CDC says, no, mm-hmm. look, if everybody gets this and it's massively distributed and you might get sick, but it's, going to, it's not going to be, you know, fatal. It's, it's it, you know, the, the mortality rates down around what other um, viruses or, or, or diseases are. That's a game changer. That gets us back to where we were, pretty much. Um, but uh, this year, I don't, I don't know how you do college football before January um, or before this vaccine is developed. And you know, I don't know that you're going to do it in the spring. I don't know that you're going to screw things up to the point. You know, you got eligibility, pe- kids graduating, um, all kinds of of things that would be variables in that. So. 
you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but I, I agree with you on this, on the pro side, I think sports will change and I think you'll see, um, you know, smaller stadiums and look, I mean, that helps teams stay where they're at in some respects too. You know, you're not asking communities for a billion dollars to build a stadium uh, and they can do it for less. Maybe your franchise can stay. Now all that money has got to be transferred somewhere. It's, you know, they got to make their profit somehow through television. I think pay-per-view is something that will come to a lot of sports. Um, the home experience, even though it's your home, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> so it's not as easy as just flipping on the screen and, you know, buying your own beer and your own popcorn um, and having your own bathroom. I think, I think you're going to find out that you're going to have some pay, some pay channels on some of these games. But, uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting to think about. Adam asks, what are the odds the Stanley Cup playoffs are still happening? In order for them to play out, when do you think the NHL would need to start the first round? Wow. Um, well, if you work backwards, first of all, I don't know that they would be the the four out of seven. Um, it could be more of a three out of five tournament type type deal. Uh, I think they'll obviously probably go right to the playoffs. I mean, what's the earliest, Steve? July? Well, I, mean, they, I think it depends on – there's several factors. Is one, are you going to play, you know, four, seven-round series or, you know, seven right. games? Are, are you going between – are you going to be, you know, in Tampa for two games, then going to Toronto for two and back? Or, or just a, are you in a neutral site where – Neutral site, You yeah. can squeeze the games closer together. Um, you're not worried about travel and that. How far, I think that's how, an, an automatic. Yeah, how far are you willing to push next year back? That's the other part. You know, I think I think ultimately they could start next season in November Mm -hmm. and finish Mm -hmm. at their normal time in June Mm -hmm. with, you know, they squeeze the schedule a little bit, cancel the all-star game, cancel the the all-star game. Um, You know, you work with the schedule. Mm -hmm. So if if they can start that November, that means you want the Stanley Cup wrapped up probably by early September at the latest. I think you'd probably want it sooner. But the Stanley Cup playoffs right. generally takes two months to play in the way they, right. they do it now. But you could squeeze that tighter. So let's say you wanted to do it by the end of August. Maybe mid-July is when, you know, the latest you could start it at that point. Yeah. You know, so there there is time still. Um, you, know, you know, there's some issues with ice in arenas and, and, and things they're going to have to do. To, although if you're at neutral sites, you're le- a lot less arenas at that point. True. Um, you know, and... and and, you know, the other thing is, is if, you know, if you're going to hubs or, you know, you may have four teams at one site and you're playing games, mm-hmm. you know, middays and evenings and, you know, two games because you don't have fans going in and out. So it's pretty easy to do multiple games a day, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like they do basketball tournaments or I think the NCAA tournament. Right. So, um, you know, but I, th- I think you can go into to mid to late July and still be okay. And if you're willing to shorten next season a little bit and even start later next year, you could probably go even later if you wanted. Well, they haven't given up on it. I know that. I mean, the NHL is still still hopeful that they can play the Stanley Cup, right? Oh, I mean, they've said they they want to crown a Stanley Cup. I mean, they played seventy. You know, most teams have played seventy out of eighty-two games. You right. want to so have a conclusion there. to yeah. the season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this That'd isn't so like cool. you know that they they didn't start the season or something. You know, they, they, there's right. been times with work stoppages where they start the season in in January and they only play forty some games and then go on to crown one. But you've played mm. eighty eighty five percent of your season. You want to crown a yeah. champion. It'd be a shame if they couldn't do it, especially for the Lightning. So mm-hmm. uh, those are that. That's a great question, though. All right, and we'll leave you with this question. Jim asked. 
Should the officer who kicked Tom Brady out of the park be fired immediately or just put on administrative leave? Uh, well, I don't, I don't think, I believe it was a female. I don't think she's going to be fired immediately because I think Jane Castor actually got a kick out of it. That's what happens when you have a former police chief, by the way, as your mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a stickler for rules that way. This has been an unbelievable experience. Like this story, you talk about a story with legs, man. It was just everywhere. And again, Tom Brady is a gift that keeps giving. I'm still curious, and I don't have an answer for this. What the hell? Tom Brady thought he was going to do in a, in a city park. In other words, he's just going to roll out there and do what? Like in front of everybody? Like is, I mean, really? Was he, was he throwing the ball to Giselle? I mean, who, you know, was Mike Evans over there standing in the corner somewhere? It's just weird to me that – it's not weird to me they would try to work out or he would try to work out, but it's it's kind of ironic. And And the other thing I'm sure of is that the questioner is right in that if this happens in Brookline <laughs> – no one's interrupting that workout. They're just kind of hanging out and waiting for him to finish. No, social distancing to... would be all gone because everybody would be there within 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes. It'd be, what's funny, we ran a file photo, and it was from like after one of Brady's training camps and all these fans are around him. They were like, oh, my God, look at this. I mean, there's all these people. I mean, Jesus. It's like, no, it's not. It's, 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 he was at the Patriots. Let me just give you guys a little clue here. If you see a picture of Tom Brady – in our newspaper or online at TampaBay.com, it, we didn't take it, okay? Because he's a ghost right now. Like, we don't have anything set up. We would love to have new art, but everything is is file art at this point. That's why you keep seeing him, you know, in his Patriots gear because even the Bucks haven't spent any significant amount of time with him, although I'm still surprised they haven't at least shipped over a number 12 jersey or something and haven't. If, you know, if we could get them to just say, can you just get Brady a jersey and have Giselle take a bunch of pictures and we'll pay for him. Well, we're just try- tired of using the same Patriots art over and over again. But, yeah, these people thought they, they saw the picture of him signing <laughs> autographs. And they're like, oh, my God, this is worse than I thought. It's like easy, easy. So, yeah, that was a fun. That story, I'm telling you, man, just crushed it. <laughs> people were just... It went everywhere. So I, th- I heard CNN was talking about it, you know? Yeah, Wolf Blitzer on well, the air. Well, like we discussed, I mean, it doesn't help the former police chief says he was cited. I know, and she <laughs> meant cited as in, like, I see you, yeah. like, there, hey, there's a sighting, <laughs> you know? When, you, when you're a police chief and there's somebody breaking an ordinance by going to a park, and then you say, oh, he was cited, what are we supposed to think, folks? <laughs> You know, we actually checked public records and went, Brady, Tom, Brady, nope, no citation. Like, it should be, that's not a good choice of words right there. But turns out they, they clarified, see, Tampa said, we meant cited as in S-I-G-H-D-E. Okay, well, hard to know. But um, that damn story, I'm telling you, it's crazy. And look, are we, we're not naive, are we? Are like anybody here on this podcast naive? No. Anybody listening? Probably not. Tom Brady is going to find a way to work out. And, and I'll let you in on a little secret. He's got to do it with players. He's going to get his receivers out there someplace. You may not see it. I may not see it. I doubt they're going to be at like Skyway Park or anything. But there's going to be a place, and a place in Tampa. I don't know where it is, and you don't know where it is. But if you find out, give me a call because <laughs> we'll go together. Because I'm telling you, this dude ain't just sitting at home 
And I've watched Tom versus Time, and Time is winning at this point. And so Tom wants to get his advantage back, and he's going to go out there and he's going to throw that football around. So if you guys see him or somebody that looks like him, you know how to reach me. At Sports Day TV, at NFL Stroud, rstroud at tampabay.com. Give me a call. Well, we we know it won't by. be any of the receivers that leak it if it gets out because, no. as you know, Thomas said, he doesn't throw to people he doesn't trust. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're not saying a word. In fact, you may tell your wife, "Hey, hon, I'm going to go down here and uh, and get a cup of coffee, and uh, you know, I'm going to sit outside and just kind of watch, you know, watch the birds or." We'll see if I can find some toilet paper, and I'll I'll be back. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go drive. Yeah, I'm gonna take a little drive. Maybe you know, rev up the engine, go down the veterans for about oh I don't know three hours. Um, yeah, you're you're not telling anyone. I agree with that. Faux show. I agree with that. It'll all be in the book one day, Steve. When I write my autobiography, nobody knows I'm famous. It'll all be there. But uh, yeah, stuff stuff's happening. But that story that story went crazy. So. Thanks for your questions. Uh, good mailbag as usual. Good uh, Rob Gronkowski news. We'll get him, I'm sure, uh, sometime this week. Um, he'll pop up on uh, on one of those platforms. And uh, be sure to check out the Tampa Bay Times, my columns on TampaBay.com about the acquisition of Gronk. What a great player by me. What a great acquisition, Jason Lake. Going for it, Gronk. I love that name. It's fantastic. We got Gronk. Nobody wore 87 on this team, did they? I don't think so. I don't believe last year, no. I mean, you can go back to Keenan McCardle and... Yeah. You know what's a good thing, a good break here, is that when uh, Chris Godwin gave up 12, that he didn't take 87. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'd have charged Gronk Gronk for it. Oh, can you imagine? (laughs) I may have given it to to Brady, but I'd charge Gronk. (laughs) He got so tired of answering that question, I couldn't... Hey, so Chris, now you had 12 and you gave it, and then you got 87, and now... So what? What's your next number? Like Edelman's? Like eleven? He like, should have thought about it though and taken eighty-seven preemptively. That's true. I mean, you know, the rumors were out there that More Gronk money. was coming. So yeah, that's what I mean. You know, that would have been funny. Put a little coin I wonder in your pocket. Had, how do we know he didn't ask for it? And they went, eh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know what? We're gonna we do not hold that one back. Uh, can't tell you why. You know, now that one's retired. Funny. Wink, wink. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's retired in New England. So just another Ring of Honor player. So we have Brady, and then Gronk will be in the Ring of Honor. So we have to make room for all these Patriots. <laughs> it's just weird, man. It's just so weird. I hope we get to. See, I can't even. You can't even meet the guy. You know, we 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 had we didn't even get like we got Brady on a conference call. We didn't even get to have like Zoom. He couldn't even see us. We couldn't see him. Well, we know Zoom didn't work. He tried it with Howard Stern and had to go to the phone. So he, you know, <laughs> no internet well, at this place. Jeter's Jeter's crappy internet. <laughs> Surely he's gotten it fixed by now. Surely St. Petersburg is working and up and running over there. Maybe that's why know. he was out at the park trying to find the box where the internet comes in. And <sighs> maybe <laughs> two strings and a tin can. Jesus, that's terrible. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with my buddy cop Eduardo Encina. We're going to break down the NFL draft right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. For Steve Bursting, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great night, everybody. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.